0: Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. So opening the eyes when you're ready. So let's just say this is the shadow. Here's the shadow. Here's what's unconscious, which is found in the darkness, right? We can be in the darkness and go to darkness. Anger is dark and dense. Is it a shadow? No. If we're feeling sad, we're going into our sadness, we don't even know we're angry, and by going deeper into the darkness... We're surprised that there's anger. Was that shadow? Yes. Shadow is what is unseen. So if you're talking about the shadow, if you're running the shadow in a way that you know what it is and you've done no process to get there, that's not the shadow. That's the mind telling you that it's a shadow as another way of disidentifying from yourself because you're so fucking disidentified anyway. So let's say here's the shadow. The shadow is all of the parts of you that you've been told are bad or not good. Some of these shadows are golden shadows. Maybe you were an amazing singer when you were younger and your mum or your dad said to you don't be a show off so you repressed your singing abilities and that went into shadow that's a golden shadow and then the other shadows that are more debilitating like hey don't be don't be sexual don't be angry these ones that a more obviously, more obviously, can cause harm, right? So, if a man transgresses someone's boundaries and she says to him, "Your sexuality is evil," his sexuality is going to go. He's going to repress that. Chances are, he'll repress that. Oh, sexuality is bad. A child's angry. Don't be angry. Anger is bad. Goes into shadow. If you grew up in a house where anger, you weren't told anger was bad, then it's not going to be a shadow because you're not going to repress it. So here's the shadow, everything you've repressed and denied, right? Golden, debilitating and otherwise. And then what we have is the persona, right? Let's say this is the persona. And this persona is built on everything that we think we should be, right? We'll put the shadow in here, locked away. We'll cover it with the persona. Hi, I'm Raven and I'm a spiritual teacher. How are you all? Welcome to the temple of love and light, where you're going to feel joy and bliss for the rest of your life and understand that anything that's not love and light is illusion. I'm going to take you there. I'm going to remind you of the love and light that you are, so we can all sing together and be happy and get rid of all of the dark energies that are out there. Because that's not who we are. That's one possible persona. And all of this could be said to be all the defense mechanisms we build when this shadow comes up. So, persona, persona, persona. We get triggered. Someone reflects to us a shadow that we repress, which I'm going to go into. Or someone does something that brings up this repressed quality. (gasps) Oh, there's that thing that's not good that I'm supposed to keep buried. And then all of these spider webs of manipulation and protective mechanisms of whatever we do to protect ourselves. I know better. I know everything. is a really good one, You're doing this, you're doing that. Whenever you're in defense, you're defending a vulnerability that's been locked inside of you, right? Relegated, relegated to the shadows. And shadow work, it sounds sinister, right? Ooh, shadow work. It's the lightest work on the planet. The people who do their shadow work are the ones who show up in the world with the greatest impact because they're brave enough to be authentic, because they're going so deeply within themselves that the gems that are flowing from the well of that commitment to self-inquiry are lighting up the lives that they touch. So, in the manual, there's lots of tips and practices and goes into shadow work deeply, but at the end of the day, I've given you what I can at an intellectual level, but at the end of the day, until you're prepared to be with yourself when it's the most difficult. Until you're prepared to go deep down into the underworld of your soul when all you want to do is kill someone, hold them down, run away, fight, or freeze, then you're not going to claim true power. And, you know, power in our world, there's a lot of negative connotations with power right, because how the world sees power is whoever has the most status, the most followers, the most money, whoever's the most beautiful, whoever's the coolest, whoever's keeping up with the trends, depending on what circle you're in, power is defined by what people can see. And then what's behind closed doors of the popular girl that's beautiful or the man with lots of money or the woman who is a boss babe, an entrepreneur, or the man who's climbed the proverbial ladder of success all the way to the top is someone who's completely lost. Not all the time, but sometimes, just like anyone else. Who's the person who's not completely lost? Who's the person with the power? The one who no longer gives their power away because they don't know themselves, because they're not willing to sit with themselves. Once you get this, if you actually apply what I'm going to teach to you today and what Aaron's going to teach you today, no one will be able to take your power away ever again. Because your power lies within your capacity to stay with what you're experiencing and unfold the lotus. Let it spring from the mud and unfurl. And actually, if we lived in in a sane world, if we lived in a world that had any fucking clue about how to raise children and educate children. What children are are beautiful lotuses that are blossoming, right? And their unfoldment when it's left to nature is perfect is beautiful. it is. And we have we would have all of these unique people who are doing all of these unique things and naturally we would be forming communities. but instead of unfoldment, We have a world that's obsessed with molding people. I'm going to mold you into everything that I wish I could have been. I'm going to mold you into the perfect student. I'm going to mold you into the perfect lawyer, the perfect daughter, the perfect son, the perfect lawyer, the perfect doctor, whatever it is. And... I, you know, my daughter, I sent her to Steiner School, which is alternative education in primary school. And then I sent her to high school. And within a week, she was asking me to homeschool her. I said, there's no way I can homeschool you, Sedell. There's way too much going on in my life. Mum, you have to homeschool me. This is terrible. I couldn't send her to an alternative high school. There wasn't one in Perth. So uh, I was like feeling her, I'm like, there's no fucking way I can homeschool her. You know, I was like, financially, I was completely independent at the time and didn't have any support. So I was juggling quite a few different avenues of earning money. Every time she came home from school, I literally noticed her shrinking a little bit more. And she had this big fucking backpack on, with a hundred books in it, you know, heavy, big books. She'd be doing her homework every night. I couldn't really see the spark of Sadell, but I was like, I was in denial. I'm like, nah, she has to go to school. And then she writes me a letter, a two page long email. She says to me, Mum, my soul is dying. <laughs> How can you make me do this? <laughs> So both my children were home birthed and were brought up in a space of authenticity to the best of mine and my husband's capabilities at the time. And my daughter didn't see a television until the age of seven. All of her toys I handmade. made. We're out in nature every day. And Steiner, if, you've ever, if you're ever gonna have children, read Steiner books, read The Incarnating Child. He is all about the unfoldment process of letting a child unfold instead of putting in who you think they should be. So I get this email. She tells me that her soul is dying. How can I do this to her? I know you said you can't homeschool me, but my question to you is, how can you not? (laughs) So I go to my husband. I'm like, babe. He's like, no, no, I'm not bending on this one. We're not homeschooling her. I'm like, okay, I have to show you something. No, I'm not looking. Whatever you got to show me, I'm not looking if it's going to change my mind. I'm like, babe, she wrote us an email. You have to read it. He looks, he's like, this email's only for you. It's not for me. I'm like, babe, it's for both of us. Read the fucking email. (laughs) He reads it. Starts crying. Jesus fucking Christ. He goes, (laughs) gives it these ones for a while. Well, are you going to do it? He goes. I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I took her out of school and I homeschooled her because she couldn't unfold and she knew it. And, you know, what's my daughter doing now at 17? She's doing what she absolutely loves. She's training horses. She's a stable hand. She's living on land. She has a veggie garden. She's had at least 40 pets since about 14 at different stages. One stage she had 27. She's so connected to nature, connected to truth, connected to what's real. Like, there's people here who know Sadal. There's not a moment she won't say exactly what she thinks and how she feels. Does that have its disadvantages at times? Yes. She's not the most adaptable child. You put her in different environments and like, why would you make me do that? Everybody's stupid. (laughs) And as she's getting older, she's learning. And, you know, there's disadvantages and advantages to everything. And I think that what's most important for you to understand is that there's a child inside of you that has never had a chance to unfold naturally, that hasn't been told, hey, you can tell me what you think, you can tell me how you feel. He hasn't been brought up in an environment like that. And so... All of those repressed qualities that have have been negated are down and all the ones that have been praised and moulded, you know, you should be like this, this is what will make you good, that's what forms the persona, right? So when you're looking at the shadow and you're looking at what's unconscious, what you're doing is you're reclaiming the fragmented parts of yourself back into wholeness. So we have all of these parts, right? My dad is angry and drunk and he's beating my mum. Anger is bad. My dad is broke and never has any money, and then when he does have money, he spends it all. Life is scarce. Scarcity, shadow. Anger, in shadow. No one's here for me, to attune to me or meet my needs. I have to do everything on my own. Independence in shadow. And I I could keep going. We get all of these associations growing up, and then we go, it's not good. If, If I'm independent, what that means is I'm all alone and without anyone. So our independence goes into shadow. What does independence look like when it's in shadow? It's on steroids, What does anger look like when it's in shadow? It's on steroids. What does anything look like when it's in shadow? It's on steroids. So then, when it comes out, we judge it even more, right? We get angry because we can't stop it. It's been repressed for so long that it's on steroids. Fuck! I just hurt someone I love. Better bury that some more until one day I turn into a serial killer. And it's not a joke. Serial killers, rapists. It's because we're not taught how to love our shadows. And, and that can sound really weird, right? Why would we love these parts of ourselves that we hate? Because all of the parts of ourselves that we hate when they're loved and they're given what they need, they have an opportunity to unfold. They have an opportunity to defragment and come into wholeness, right? So that when our anger comes out, instead of it being when we're drunk or it's we're so triggered that we've split off from our persona, we can no longer control that clever persona that we formed, and it explodes, right? But what happens if we actually take that shadow and love it and integrate it, that anger becomes healthy boundaries. That anger becomes someone who can fucking stand up for themselves and say, I will not allow you to talk to me like that. Stop. No. You're being a fucking jerk right now. And sometimes people need to hear that. People need to be called on their bullshit. Someone who hasn't integrated their anger will not be able to call people on their bullshit or set healthy boundaries in a healthy way. They'll turn passive aggressive or get walked all over or experience gap rage or a combination of all three. And anger is the most relegated emotion of all of the emotions into shadow because it does the most danger. When emotions are repressed, they become very, very insidious. But when the animal is repressed, it becomes dangerous and anger is part of the animal body. Anger and sex are very related. When anger and sex are repressed, like in a priest who starts to rape children or a supposed enlightened master or tantra teacher or yoga teacher, I am spiritual. I don't have desires. I'm going to push my desire down so much that it's going to cause enough damage when it comes out that I'm raping a fucking child or I'm having sex with a student and calling it an initiation and manipulating them and using dark magic, right? And the irony is that a lot of the people who repress their shadow are so afraid of doing this and that's what they end up doing because what we resist persists and what we suppress finds its way of expressing itself either in someone else, which is going to trigger us, and then we go, oh, your negative energy is coming my way. I don't have any of that. I have to burn some sage and clear myself from your negative energy. Reflections and projections, reflections and projections, reflections and projections, everything you fucking see that you are charged about is inside of you. Everything that you are repulsed by is inside of you. Everything that you bow before and pedestal is inside of you. Wherever there's a strong charge in the body of attraction or repulsion, it's all inside of you. Take a deep breath. Ah. <sighs> So the most powerful shadow exercise you can do, everybody close their eyes, we're going to do it straight up, straighten the spine, sit up, apply this to your life every time you get triggered and you'll become enlightened. Close your eyes, look at the darkness, look at the darkness behind your eyelids instead of listening to the thoughts that are absolutely fucking meaningless. Just look at the darkness. Clean slate. Focus on your breath. Bow before the dark goddess who says, you know fucking nothing. You don't know when I'm going to be a volcano erupting. You don't know when I'm going to be a hurricane. You don't know when you're going to live or die. You're so fucking ignorant, you humans, who think that you can know, who think that you can control life and death, who think that you can control anything. Be here in the void of unknowing. Breathe into your belly. Focus on nothing but the breath, the void, and the instruction I'm giving you, and I'm going to change your life. Keep breathing. Keep looking at that darkness. Keep surrendering to the void. Bring to mind the person who triggers you to the point of wanting to kill, fight, or wanting to run a mile. person who does that more than anyone else, who just knows how to push your buttons. See them very clear, very clearly in your mind's eye. Now do a body scan. When that person, when you see that person and they're doing that thing that triggers the fuck out of you, What is that thing? See them doing it. Maybe they're abandoning you. Maybe they're controlling you or dominating you. Maybe they're manipulating you. Whatever it is, see that. How does that feel in your body? How does that feel in your body when that person does that? How does that feel? Take it in, drop, drop in. Give it some breath, sound and movement, slowly. Ah, feel it, feel it, feel it. Feel what that's like inside of you. That feeling is inside of you. Feel it, feel it. Open the mouth on the exhalation. Remember, every time you exhale with sound, you're stimulating the vagus nerve. You're activating parasympathetic. You're relaxing into your experience. What is that sensation that you see in them that you know with, within yourself? We're not there yet. We're just, how do you feel when they do that? How do you feel when they do that thing? How do you feel when they do that thing? How do you feel when they're controlling you, when they're manipulating you, when they're abandoning you? How do you feel? How do you feel? Feel it. Be prepared to feel it. That's always the first step. What's the sensation in your body? What's the feeling happening inside of you? Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com. See you next time.